Hey folks, it's Tony Russo from the So What's Your Story podcast. Before we get the show started today, I want to remind you that if you know anyone who's a writer and you'd like to hear why they do their thing, you can put them in touch with us. We'd love to have them on the show. Just tell them to go to sowhatsyourstorypodcast.com and fill out the form and we'll be in touch. Um, and thanks to DPR for making all this happen. Enjoy the show. Once you create a personality, that personality does ABC but doesn't do DEF. And, and, and that's what makes it take on the life of its own. It has to follow the character's construct and patterning to get, to get everything done. He's not gonna, he or she is not gonna do something um, illogical for his personality or her personality. Hi, this is Stephanie Fowler. And this is Tony Russo. And you're listening to another episode of So What's Your Story? A podcast in which we talk to authors and writers about their writing, the stories behind the story, the writing process, and any other sort of miscellaneous writing stuff that we want to talk about. Today on the podcast, we have author Mark Polo. His new novel, titled Mosquitoes and Men, was just released by Devil's Party Press, and it centers on Faustus Madigan and his return home to his family's land and ancestral home called Greyhaven in South Carolina after the death of his father. In this book, Mark reveals the complications of family dynamics, and he joins us today to chat about it. So welcome to the podcast, Mark. Well, well thank you very much. Well, I'm delighted to have another Devil's Party Press uh, alum here on the podcast. We've had several already, so you know I'd like you to join the ranks on that. Well, thank you. We're a tight little group. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to have a whole segment of the podcast just for <laughs> Devil's Party Press. But um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, mm -hmm. you know, in as far as, and one of the things we talk to a lot of our guests is like the inspiration for a story. Right. So what sort of inspired you for Grey Haven and Faustus? Like what kind of brought this to the surface for I you? I can tell you exactly when it happened. I was... Um, I had gone down to my brother's house. My brother has a, my brother and sister-in-law have a house in on Fripp Island, outside of Buford. And I'm driving down the road, and there's moss-covered trees, and I pass Gay's Shrimp Boat Company. And the minute I passed that sign, everything just came into focus. All the characters, the main characters, and I, I got to the house. I didn't even empty my suitcase. I just started writing. And that was the that was the start of of uh, mosquitoes and men. I love the notion that you're on vacation yeah. and you don't even unpack. You just immediately start writing because I feel like for writers, that's got to be sort of a natural inclination. We show up to a place we've never been before and we're like, oh, I have to document this. Right. Exactly. And it, it was just it. All the pieces just fit together. And I spent five or six hours that night, because I got there sort of at seven o'clock, just writing notes and, and the introduction. And, and then the suitcase was the pivotal, the pivotal thing. I sat on my suitcase looking at Greyhaven, and that was the start. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and that area is so beautiful. I've been down oh, to Beaufort, yeah. South Carolina, and I remember being down there, and I remember driving down one of the streets in Beaufort, South Carolina, and I remember thinking, I'd live in that house, I'd live in that house, I would live in that house. Any it's one of gorgeous. them. And it, it's, 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 it's like a movie set. It's yeah. quintessentially what I believe the South, if, if you have the South in your mind, that's what it is. Oh, Coastal South, yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Coastal for sure, south. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and I think like, Blackbeard even has a house there where he right. like killed one of his wives or something, <laughs> right. but it's such a cool little town. Yeah. It's just, it's so super, it's really, so I can understand it being 
an inspirational place or something that would kind right. of inspire, you know, a novel right. from that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is your this is your first novel, but how did you come to writing? How did how did you like this 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 wasn't the first time you sat down and started typing. No, no, no. Right, no, right. I've written I've written short stories. I also <laughs> for my business I have to write uh, introductions to things, and I have to write short. Um, I, I I do um, internet stuff now. Right. You know where I have to write blogs. Right. And and I got training in the blogs and how to write um, within a certain amount of a uh, framework. Mm -hmm. And the the novel just got rid of all that framework. Right. I was able to sit down and tell a story mm -hmm. like I was remembering it, and it was just it was a very very cool exercise. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, uh, when you're when you're kind of possessed like that, uh, how much of that like? Because I know that a lot of times when I'm possessed by something, yeah. I come back and I'm like, okay, that was a good idea, but now we should write it in English. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, that thing you scribble at three o'clock in the morning right, and you look right. and you say, what the hell is that? So were, <laughs> right. yeah. were you able were, were you able to use a lot of what you wrote in that first in that first burst? The or? framework. Yeah. The framework. I, I the, actually the first the first couple of pages are pretty original. Mm -hmm. um, they were edited and refined, but they're they're original. And then the rest of it just took off from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. So mm -hmm. the the main character of Faustus coming home was that something that was something that was kind of already a a character that was kind of building in your mind, and now it was like, oh, I found the story for that character, or was it all completely original to that to that moment, or was that something that was more innate to you? Right. I, I don't I don't think fiction is ever in a vacuum. I believe fiction is always rooted in somebody's life, somebody's experience, an author's uh, an author's moment, and so it was. Uh, since I'm from the Northeast, I'm from the, the New York area. Um, it was a New Yorker coming to South Carolina. Oh, wow, okay. And that was the framework for the book. Faustus is coming after, coming home after 25 years of living in Manhattan, and he's now home to see that, you know, to see his, his father, who he, he loved. And the father's now dead. And now things are changing. All the things that he's, he's been away 25 years, there is no, there is n there's nothing like being absent in that punishment. And now he's learned all the things that are changing about his environment that he had kept sacred. Right. It's like a scrapbook that changed. Yeah, and I think there's something to that notion. I think, and I don't want to say, I don't want to mm -hmm. be sort of cute about it and no, say no. that all no. writers find nostalgia as fodder for what we do. But I do think that the notion of coming home, the nostalgia for how things once were, you know, I know that in the book that I'm writing, there's a, there's a good degree of, looking back to when I was younger and how things Absolutely. were at that point mm -hmm. and then kind of kind of juxtaposing that against where I am now as an adult and how do I see thing how do I see those things now versus how I saw them then right. and I feel like that's something that is sort of um like a natural thing for writers to pull on but it's such a deep well it is because all you need is a seed and then you can take it off from there and you can you can join um, different things about different people you know and create a whole other person just by twisting it a little bit and that's what fiction to me is about I don't know if every author does that but I, I, I you know that's why Stephen King frightens me because <laughs> I can imagine that if I have things coming from my life is this coming from his so right. <laughs> <you know? Yeah. laughs> 
show. We're all worried a little bit about Stevie. <laughs> right, exactly. well, I love th- him to death. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think though it's a lot of times more your the reaction is to a like okay this has happened and how do I feel about the emotion and that is that's as that's as yes legitimate a starting point as anything Absolutely. else and you can put that in outer space or right, right? right. and because yeah. because the thing is your initial reaction to something is always personal and visceral and if you're able to make that connection if you're able to put not only words to it but if you're able to put words and then context and then characters mm-hmm. then then you're kind of off to the races as there's an authenticity in that striking feeling. Absolutely. And I think we're all just trying to get that authenticity co- to communicate it. To, to like, Absolutely. I felt like this. And if I put all these words together, maybe I can make you feel like this. Right. I, years, I went to school for fine arts before becoming an interior designer. And one of the things I recognized about, about fine arts was I had a passionate problem I needed to solve. And once I got through that series of paintings, I solved that problem. And I found the same thing with writing. It became what, exactly what you said, a, a passionate idea, a passionate thought, a vision, something. And then you have to exercise that and exorcise that. Right. And yeah. get it out yeah. and, and solve it. And then you can be done with it. And then you can put it away. And that's right. really what's, it, so that's the art of it. Mm. When you were, I, I want to go back a little bit to because sure. you mentioned about your short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, what what attracted you to short stories, and um, how much did their writing affect what would become your novel? Um, the short the short story I find is a much more difficult um, construct because you have X amount of words, and you have to fit it in a certain amount of time, and you have to convey the message, and you have to do it in a language that people are pleased to read and gets them to imagine very quickly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so it was a night, it's a great exercise for a writer, I think, to do short stories. Right. Because it is so limited. And I've always, I'm always very frustrated when a short story is clearly a chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So putting a beginning and an end to the short story is, is and then working in the middle of that is, is kind of the trick. Right, I think I think it's right. I think, you have the, I think you have the first sentence, the last sentence, and you fill in the blanks. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so, on the other side of that, so when you sit down to do a novel, yeah, you could make it fifty, you know, thousand pages if you like. Right. So, um, making sure that the story is told and no more or less of the story is told is a challenge once you. Once you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the 2,500, 5,000 word barrier and right. I'm going to make this into a thing. Right. Um, but it also can be kind of a slog. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about your experience when you start to you know, run out of gas and then have to continue to push on through? Because it's, it's fun. The imagining is fun. And the, yeah. and the initial writing is fun. But then, again, as we were saying before, making it make sense. It, it, yeah, it's a challenge. It's, and, 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 it's and the thing fun. is, I think you're right. I had, I had the main character sitting on a suitcase looking at the house not wanting to go in and then I had the end which I'm not going to tell anybody right. and then I had to get to that end and since my designs are layered my interior design business when I work for clients it's layered it's personality driven it's about their family it's all of those parts 
I try to instill that exercise in the book. So it's lyrical prose. So I, I want to read beautiful words and I want it to be layered like our lives are layered. Mm. Um, we have different influences. We have immediate family. We have distant family. We have people we hate in that distant family. We have people we love. We have friends. We have different tiers of friends. And I tried to involve a lot of that because all of those things influence what we do. Right. And that's what, that's basically what the characters, how they're constructed. Yeah, and something you said just kind of sparked something in me. And uh-huh. sometimes when we're talking about writing, you know, we talk about like we're weaving this fabric right. and that, you know, the stories we're creating are almost like a tapestry. And it's, you know, the scenes, the place, the characters, the themes, all those things mm-hmm. kind of go into weaving a fabric that will ultimately become the tapestry of what we're looking at right. as a story. And I feel like the kind of what you're saying in terms of bringing all these different sort of variables into the way that you write, I would imagine enriches a reader's, you know, experience with, with reading, with reading your work. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have, I have characters coming from the West coast. I have business partners from all over the country. I have the immediate family, the distant family. So it, it really is reality in how our lives are constructed in today's world oh yeah it's not so i mean when i growing up as a kid my grandmother was six blocks away that's no that's not often the case now right, now grandma's right. in florida right or you know or california <laughs> right. you know so and you have to travel to see her you know so it's a very different world now and i tried to um, express that world yeah why they're all coming together to see the to be at the funeral of this great man right and i think that kind of plays into this notion of you know, what you were talking about a little, um, a few moments ago, you were talking about mm-hmm. you felt a freedom oh, gotcha. in writing, you know. So for me, it's almost the opposite. I'm a short story writer. And the Tougher. notion, <laughs> yeah, I am a short story writer. And the notion of like writing a novel is absolutely frightening to me. Um, even though I am writing a book now, I find yeah. myself writing the book that I'm writing now in like short stories or like smaller essays comprising the book but right, you know right. when people are like oh i find this novel so freeing it's such an alien thought for me because it's sort of paralyzing t- for me in a sense to think that i have all that space like how am i going to fill it and fill it right what were some you of know, the i i don't thought i didn't think i had an empty box i think i sat down and i just wanted to tell a story and i pretended that somebody was sitting across from me really interested i love this i love <laughs> and, it and and i was able to just tell the story and then I took a break and then they came back next week and we continued to talk again much like we're doing here right. Right. the same the same principle and that's how it was constructed so then it's just thinking about the construct of a novel in a different way yeah. so I tend to think of it as this huge open sort of space whereas you sort of saw it more as like a streamlined conversation uh, yeah and it's, it's I look at it as an empty box that I go shopping and I fill it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I don't like exactly that. Exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and it's that's a great analogy, also because it has to fit. It does. You know, and and it it, and you want to put everything in the right order, and you don't want to ruin right. anything right. by putting it in too soon. Like you don't want to. Exactly. You want to put the eggs on the bottom. You you know you're going to need eggs, but you don't want them on the bottom. Right. Because they're going to ruin them. I mean, there, there's an example again, not giving away particulars, but there were certain characters that I kept interchanging doing the action and and when i finished the first character doing it, it didn't fit 
like you said. So I right. took it out of the box. And I put the next character in, and that didn't work. And I put, took that out. And then finally, the I think it was the fourth one. Finally, it all made sense, and the rest of it flowed. And that's how it worked for and, me. Yeah. And that's yeah. it's a theme that we return to here time and time again. It's, it's my maniac theory that I'm pretending <laughs> that everyone believes. Right. Uh, but it's in the notion of the story is everything you need to know about the story. Absolutely. And then that's how you know that it's not the right thing. Like, you don't know mm -hmm. what the right thing is, but you'll, you'll know when you see it because you already have it. It's mm -hmm. just a question of going through your mind and finding the thing that's already there that already fits. And then it opens up the rest. And, and, and the it, minute it that happens, happen. you know you have it. As, absolutely. I, right. I, I believe that very much so. Right. Yeah. I say that on every show. I'm trying to pretend it. <laughs> It's, it's a prevailing stick. theory. Yeah. <laughs> one, one day it's going to stick to right. me, I promise. <laughs> but I think also, it kind of also, what you were just saying, kind of returns to something else we've said repeatedly on this show and talking mm -hmm. with fiction authors is that you make the, you create these characters, right. but frequently the lives they take on, the things they do are not within your control anymore, which no. to a non-writer sounds completely ridiculous. Like you're the author, you invent the character, you invent what they do, but no. that's not how it, that's not how it works. It doesn't because once you create, once you create a personality, that personality does ABC, but doesn't do DEF. Right. And, and, and that's what makes it take on the life of its own. It has to follow the character's construct and patterning to get, to get everything done. He's not going to. He or she is not going to do something um, illogical for right. his personality or her personality. Right. Much like right. you know, I mean, Tony might you know yell at the neighbor, but I'm not going to yell at my neighbor. Right. You know? Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. You know? right. And I think, and that's one of the things that even in the con, even in terms of fiction, sometimes people think, well, fiction. Anything goes. No. You can make it all no, up, no, but no, you no. still have to hold to some truths. Absolutely. At the end of the day. Well, otherwise, you don't get a clear picture of who the personality and the character is. Right. In in mosquitoes and men, I tried. You hate people. You love them. You understand why they're motivated for what they do, and you have compassion for them as well, even while you're not liking them. Which is a full personality. You have to, it has to make sense. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times we forget, because it happens in real life too, that everyone thinks they have a good reason for what they're doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shallow though it may be. Right. <laughs> they may be clearly wrong, but they think that they have a good reason. Mm -hmm. And I think too often or, or, or often we'll have a bad guy and they're like, well, they're the bad guy. They do the bad guy thing. Right. And right. Bad guys have a reason that they do their thing too, and they don't think that they're not trying. They're not like, well, you know, it's it's not a comedy. It's like, well, I'm 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 in my evil lair. I may as well right. make a ray gun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, right. they they often like an interesting character, especially an interesting character that we don't like, still has motivation that that character believes. Right, and, and we and have to believe that that character believes it. Exactly, and and when you have a character that's supposed to be disliked, something made that character who he is. It could be that he was a victim. It could be that he uh, had a sudden, a sudden event mm. that twisted what he does and how he views life. And so there, there's a compassion you can have for that person, and I tried to show a little bit of that. Right. You know, it's, a, it's hard to do it all in <laughs> 250 pages, but yes. Well, yeah. and, and, <laughs> well it, 
the good thing about participating in literature generally mm -hmm. is that the longer we're at it, the more we can nod at things. Like, you yeah. know this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll give you I'll 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 throw a couple things out. I mean, and again, that right. happens in regular life. You see a guy at the store and you're like, Oh, I know most things about you. Like right. yeah, I could I could answer a survey about you. Right. Like, I could be wrong on some things. Right. But I'm gonna get an eighty on a test right. about you. <laughs> I know exactly what you're gonna do tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so when we're drawing these characters, we can rely on that kind of uh what's it called? It's a form of a life kind of thing. Like we know that we know things about people based based on the three things we know about them. We also know ten other things. Absolutely. And so, yeah. you can you can use the reader's knowledge right. of people mm -hmm. to help them color in the character. And I think that that makes a character and, and a narrative more engaging because you're asking me to participate. Right. I'm you're not you're not asking me to do all the thinking, but if you're asking me to to shade in a little bit then I'm invested in a way that I wouldn't be if everything was also already shaded in, like if you didn't ask right. me to participate at all. Right. One of the, one of the things that um, was nice, I got, I got the first review of the book, and it was a, um, a reader. And what she said was that she noticed things about her own family in the book. Right. And That's once cool. you hook somebody that way, they're going to finish the book. Oh, and absolutely. And because they're identifying, it becomes a universal emotion or a universal personality trait that that is identifiable right i think that kind of goes back to something that barbara lockhart once said to me and she said that if your reader's not gonna feel anything they're not gonna bother with it that's right you know and i think that there is you know some level whether it's nonfiction or fiction or that's poetry right. there has to be some kind of connection to the reader with the material we're trying to give them. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's you got to make them feel something. That's right. Either you got to make them hate somebody, you got to make them love, love somebody, somebody, make right. them root for someone. Right. But ambivalence doesn't work. No. Right. I mean, why? I mean, I might as well read my shampoo bottle, right. you know, exactly. if I want to be ambivalent. You well, know? You know, once you're out of school, you don't have to write the book report, so you can put it down. Right. Exactly, you know? exactly. So how do you sort of... Like, you know, when you're kind of approaching something with, you know, and you want someone to, when you're going through your process uh -huh. of writing, you know, do you think about what's going to be evocative for a reader or is it more what's evocative for you? Me. For you. Yeah. I, I, um, it, it, it's really being self-centered. Uh, and I, I admit to it fully. Yeah, but you know, I, I do admit to it. No, that's because fine. I'm, I'm surround. why I write is because I can totally disappear and just be caught up in the process and it's wherever I want it to go it's however it gets there and then you know you edit it and you constantly re you unravel and re-knit the sweater and you know change a color and but but the fact is I, it's very personal and I, I enjoy it it's it's uh it's like a little vacation for me I, you know? I it just it also has to be like there are plenty of books and plenty of authors and I'm sure they're all nice people and I'm sure they're all great oh, books so. but if your if your first thought is what will people like it's uh, gonna sound like tin it's right. just gonna it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be gross right and I, I think I, I liken it to in my in, in being an interior designer at, when someone says is that painting going to be valuable <laughs> I, 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 I roll my eyes you know and I say do you love it? Do you like it? Or do you hate it? And they say, I love it. 
then it's valuable to you. Yeah. And and that's the same thing about what you're saying. It's, right. It's the same it, thing. You, you, you have to make it. Uh, I heard this. I, I do. Um, uh, I, I listen to a lot of other podcasts and I can't remember. It was a, a relatively famous television show producer and he didn't make any shows that I liked. Okay. But um, but <laughs> he's, he's consistent. But, but, yeah, okay. but, but he, he said something that was really, really that that just really struck with me. And I think about it all the time. I think about what I'm writing. Right. I think about what I'm doing podcasts. He said, I learned early on to make the show that I wanted to make because they're going to cancel it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and, and this whole idea is like, well, if I do this one thing, then maybe people will like it. But if they no. don't, then you didn't do no. what you wanted and yeah. nobody liked it. Well, you're, ch- you're chasing somebody who might right. turn left when you need to turn right. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I did want to ask you is your book, Mosquitoes and Men, was published by Devil's Party Press. Yes. Um, would you talk a little bit about your experience with publishing with them and what it was like to work with them and how that kind of came about for you? It was, it was, an, easy, it was an easy exercise, honestly. Okay. Um, I expected it to be horrific. <laughs> I, I expected that I wouldn't have control. I expected there were so many of those negative things I expected. Um, David Yurkovich and Diane Pierce um, are passionate about oh, yeah. this process. Absolutely. They're so passionate. And um, it was wonderful to work. They wanted to hear my idea. And you know, when they would ask me that question, I'd turn around thinking they were speaking to somebody behind me. You talking to me? You talking to me? Exactly. Um, and they did. They, had a, uh, they wanted to express what I wanted to express. They guided me. Right, but you know the cover and the which is gorgeous, inside. by the way. The thank cover's you. gorgeous. Oh, thank you. I love it. Yeah, and then we, um, I actually had a contest on Facebook, um, where we gave them two covers, right. and we we told because I have, uh, I don't know, four thousand followers, something like that, and I had them vote on the covers, and one person asked me a very interesting question. It turned out to be a teacher. He said, "Is it lyrical prose or contemporary prose?" And I sent it back. I said, it's lyrical prose because I, I'm, I love words and I want the words to be beautiful. And he said, well, then I want the second cover, which is the photograph of a plantation. And I opted for this, the cover it is now because that's what won. Right. But I put it in there. I put the actual photograph in the book for him. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so it was there for you him. Go. Tell <laughs> you what, I thought that story ended with... You not with you with 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 it being contemporary because oh, okay. of the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's why I said maybe he had a Plot thought. Twist. <laughs> right. So that's, so that's why the, the photograph is the second page. Right. Because right. oh, nice. that's, that's, that, that is a, that's so funny. That's hilarious. A little plot twist on that. <laughs> right. Exactly. But no, we've had um, David Dutton on, and he yes. sort of echoed a lot of the things that you said about working with um, David and Diane. That he found it a very easy process a very comforting process they didn't rip him apart you know and everything felt very encouraging and you know we've had both david and diane on the podcast and they're when you talk about passion that definitely seems to be a word that definitely resonates with me about them because they are so committed to 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 literature and and to putting good works out from their press right and it's and it's expanding rapidly which i love that i love seeing that oh yeah know? yeah i mean they always have something new in the hopper yeah you know, so it's really exciting and along those lines do you have anything lined up next what's do you have do you have yes, next I do. plans you're working on would yes, you like I to do. talk about it a little bit yeah uh the next book is called 
the truth about fish and teacups. And again, it's the dichotomy of somebody living up in the North who was born in the South and coming home. Oh, okay. It's about two sisters for okay. different reasons. All right. Um, and it's um, t- how the sisters have changed uh, over the years. Um, then after that, and that should be ready for 2020. After that, it's going to be a prequel to Mosquitoes and Men. Oh, nice. Yeah, to see I always love how it got there. Fantastic. Yeah. I always love those. Like, and I think that's something that fiction gives you. You can you have these yeah. bookends to play with. So. Exactly, yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. All right, Stephanie. Well, now this is the part of the show where you thank the guests. Oh, my gosh. Mark, thank you so much for being on the podcast oh. and talking with us about your book, Mosquitoes and Men. Well, thank you for having me. So What's Your Story was produced by Saltwater Media, an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. Visit us at SoWhatsYourStoryPodcast.com, where you can find past episodes, guest bios, show notes, and all sorts of fun stuff. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Radio Public, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, take a second and give us a great review. Tell your story.